Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are watching or listening. This is the Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. The Holistic Monitor podcast is a weekly show featuring guest interviews with discussions about self-discovery, philosophy, spirituality, and our relationship with the world around us. Your support this last year has meant the world to me, and you can now go to holisticmonitor.com to support the topics you want to hear with our new show merchandise, featuring hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. You can also support us by simply sharing your favorite episode with your followers. And with that, let's get the show started. Andrew D'Angelo, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And um, you're heavily involved in um, cannabis advocacy That's and right. also uh, kind of uh, promoting as well, it sounds like, um, people to kind of find their way into business successfully um, while giving back in a way with either... Uh, medicinal or experiential type of enterprises. Um, could you explain a little bit about what you're into and what you do? Thanks. Well, I'm proud to say this is my 40th year in the cannabis trade. I started when I was in high school, like not too many people, perhaps some of your <laughs> listeners. Uh, but I, I decided to make a life out of it and a career out of it. In those days, if you were in the trade, you were breaking the law in a pretty serious way. And I did not like breaking the law. So I became an activist with my older brother, Steve D'Angelo, and we helped legalize medical cannabis in California in 1996. And then we did it in our hometown of Washington, DC in 1998. Um, when the federal government would not allow the city to implement that program in 1998, that made us a little more than a little angry and bitter. And so we moved to California where we were able to legally trade in medical cannabis. And we were awarded in 2005, 2006, we were awarded uh, one of the first retail medical cannabis dispensary licenses uh, ever awarded to anybody in the world. The city of Oakland was the first jurisdiction to do that in California or anywhere. And uh, we started Harborside Health Center in 2006, and for 15 years, I owned and operated that company and learned just about everything there is to learn about owning and operating a cannabis company. We started out with one retail shop, and when I left, we were a publicly traded company with a big farm and uh, eight retail shops and a manufacturing uh, center. Um, now that, that organization is called State House, it's one of the larger company still here in California uh, trading in cannabis. So uh, that I exited when we went public because I, I don't run public companies. That's not what I do. And I started a nonprofit organization called Last Prisoner Project, which uh, helps free cannabis prisoners. And I started this little consulting business I have with a few other super experienced long track record consultants that I've teamed with and we offer entrepreneurs the opportunity and to build their cannabis businesses, their psychedelic businesses, whether that be a plant touching business, a licensed business, if you will, or whether that be an aux auxiliary business. 
uh, we help entrepreneurs do that. And uh, so people can reach out to me uh, at my website, andrewdangelo.com, if you're looking to start a business and we can talk more about how I can help. That's great. And that's quite a, quite a lot of uh, involvement and achievements as well. That's uh, good to have on your uh, consulting hat. <laughs> well, you know how to do it. Right. You know, that's, I think it's a new industry, right? Nick, I mean, it's only been around if you, if you, if you call 2012, the starting of the industry, when Colorado and Washington state legalized for adult use, that's really when a for-profit industry emerged and it's new. And I was already in the industry for six years before that happened. Uh, so repetition is how we learn how to do things in life and how we learn how to do things in business. Uh, it's cer certainly talent and vision and education, all those things are important, but practice is really what it all comes down to. So me and my team bring that, that I think that's our big differentiator from everybody else. Yeah. And I didn't hear much about luck there. That's a matter of <laughs> uh, well, that, right? A little bit. Maybe a little uh, dusting of luck. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's all we there's always luck in, in in one's life journey, and it plays a role. I've had both good luck and bad luck in my in my career and in my life, as everybody has. And mm -hmm. certainly, um, luck is is part of the winning formula of anybody, any entrepreneur. Yeah, and well, in this uh, with cannabis, it's a long time coming too. This is something that people wanted. But, and dreamed about, but thought never. And uh, I, I do remember, uh, at least in the early 2000s, when it was, you know, quote unquote, medically legal in California, but there were, you know, one doctor in the Northern California that would write a script or something like that. Uh, it was still pretty illegal as far as the federal government was concerned. So and, very difficult. And still is to this day, as far as- and still is. Yeah, as far as the federal <laughs> government's concerned, but yes, you know, so it was pioneering work. And, you know, as I'm sure you and many of your other guests can attest to, pioneering is both an uh, exhilarating thing to do. And, you know, you take a few arrows in the back also. It's, um, it's, it kind of cuts both ways. Yeah. And, and as far as um, benefits out of cannabis, there's just a, a ton of uh, medicinal benefits from cannabis. Oh, um, Goodness. Yeah. I'm in the camp that pretty much all use, all use is medicinal, even if the intention mm -hmm. is not, you know, I'm sick and I need this as medicine. Um, but we all have an endocannabinoid system, which is a, a, a system within the body that, that basically produces and uh, cannabinoids within the body. And that mm -hmm. system, when you take external cannabinoids like cannabis plants and you combine it with the internal system, incredible healing effects can occur, especially when folks have cancerous tumors or um, epilepsy or seizures or uh, paraplegic, um, anything with spasms, um, right. um, cannabis is really good for glaucoma, sight, um, anxiety, depression, insomnia, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And, and because it's relatively speaking, um, a mild intoxicant, uh, it's available. So it's accessible to just about everybody. You know, it's, it's a little bit different than ayahuasca, which, you know, 
perhaps not every single person is going to be able to, you know, do (laughs) Um, or access. Whereas cannabis is something that grows everywhere. It's easy to access and it's available and um, it's been used medicinally for many thousands of years. And so, and science backs all this up. Uh, You know, if you, cannabis has probably been studied more than any other plant in the plant kingdom and, and, yeah. and other countries, particularly Israel, and have done a lot of research that clearly demonstrates cannabis as medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think, you know, the prohibition really just wasn't ever going to be a thing. It was something that, you know, um, I remember taking a train from Colorado to uh, Pennsylvania and I looked out the window and along the train tracks, there was just, it was probably hemp, but you know, it was just so many plants. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> yeah. everywhere. You know, right. Wild. Yes. It's just growing. Yeah. It's there. Right. In the old days, they called that ditch weed. Yeah. And um, <laughs> in the, in the third, in the forties, during the world war two, the federal government actually in the middle of prohibition, they started a program called hemp for victory. And they encouraged uh, farmers to, they needed rope for, the Navy, right. they needed right. rope for the Navy. Um, and so hundreds of thousands of acres of hemp were planted and made into rope. And a lot of that ended up be- becoming wild hemp in these ditches, yeah. you know, along the side <laughs> of the road and the train tracks and on the side of the fields where they were grown. And, you know, the plant propagates very well. <laughs> yeah, and, um, it does. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's still there. And, you know, that it's right. not worth smoking most of it, but, um, right. you know, it, 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 it grows like a weed. <laughs> it's a weed. Yeah. <laughs> now, you also mentioned um, uh, psychedelic retreats. I did have a guest on that has a, a psychedelic retreat down in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, Sayulita Resort uh, Retreat. And I believe they work with mushrooms. Yes. Um, what would be your um, what, what is your ideal psychedelic as far as for a retreat for somebody that needs maybe uh, to have an experience to kind of um, break through some kind of bad pattern that they're in? Well, it's a it's a very big question you just asked. You, you know, your preference, though. Yeah. Well. I like to break psychedelics down into synthetic psychedelics and what I call master plants or what a lot of, mm. a lot of people in this space call master plants. There's a great book actually called the master plant experience by Dr. Maya Seatree. Uh, and she wrote a great book about this too. And, um, you know, so, and different compounds have really different therapeutic uses, you, you, you know, if I, uh, uh, but, but psilocybin is, in clinical trials right now for PTSD, intractable depression, and end of life. Um, There are other compounds that uh, MDMA is in trials right now um, for for similar uses. Um, And, um, you know, those two compounds are the farthest along on clinical trials. Uh, The multiple uh, MAPS, the multidisciplinary associate, and the multi- the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, um, uh, uh, they are the leaders that have been the leaders for decades of the psychedelic sort of movement, and, and they're the ones doing the clinical trials on, on MDMA. I think uh, John Hopkins or somebody else is doing psilocybin. And um, so I, 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 you know, 
psilocybin is the one that that's out there the most right now probably the most accessible my older brother yeah. my older brother steve has a retreat center in jamaica at the rastafarian Indi- indigenous village um and uh called life is a ceremony and, and they do psilocybin primarily there jamaica also like mexico these these it's legal um uh and uh particularly for for indigenous uh folks in in jamaica uh, at which rastafari indigenous indigenous village obviously is so um um and you know you have different kinds of flavors in the psychedelic r- retreats you have the kind of the luxury retreats i call them uh, where you're kind of at a fancy resort with a hot tub and a pool and you, you know, you do your, you have different facilitators do it in a different way, but there's usually a day of preparation. Then there's the experience themselves. And then there's a day or two of integration. Um, as sometimes you do more than one experience, uh, during the course of a few days. Um, uh, sometimes you only do one experience. Uh, and then there's, uh, more, uh, I would say, ceremonial experiences that are less luxurious but more like rastafarian indigenous indigenous village they are riv um and um they uh that is you're embedded with a um a tribal group a a group of people that live on the land and off the land and from the land and and you get to experience that and be with that and they've built some beautiful accommodations that you know, air conditioning and, you know, the kind of accommodations people are used to, but it's not with the infinity pool and, mm-hmm. you know, the right. water slide and all of that. It's, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's in a beautiful lush farming village. That's a working, yeah. working village. And, and, and so that's another kind of experience. And then, you know, you've got deep down in Peru and, and way down in the, in the global South, you have, you know, the ayahuasca and these other ceremonies that um, Westerners and global Northerners, Northerners can experience and do experience and have for a long time, decades now. And, and that's again, uh, another uh, even deeper level of, of, of experience. Um, so those are sort of the, and I'm sure I'm missing some that there's retreats are sprouting up like mushrooms <laughs> um, uh, all over right now. But I think it's, it's great that this is happening in the world, you know, and that you can go to a place and it might cost some money. I know that my brother's retreat is a lot more affordable than some of the others. Um, but um, you can be in a container to have a great experience or at least a profound experience or a healing experience, you know, it's not all fun and games with psychedelics, especially if you're taking, you know, medium to larger doses. Um, So people, these are safe containers to have those experiences in, to be educated on what to expect, to, to go into it with intention and respect and reverence for the plants and the people that are, holding space in the ceremony or, or, or the experience for participants. Um, and, and really you couldn't do that 30 or 40 years ago. You know, you couldn't really, you couldn't go, you couldn't, it wasn't, you had to go to a grateful Dead show or something, right. Or an acid test or a, a fish show or something. And, um, you would learn, you know, you, you take some acid and you learn, you know, right. um, um, now those containers are not, 
terribly dangerous, uh, uh, but they're not, you know, also ideal, especially for right. first time experiences, maybe, and 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 for certain types of people, certain types of personalities. Um, um, uh, and so now these 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 places exist where people can go and 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 have more confidence and 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 feel safer, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe it was uh, 1965 when the uh, the warlocks that became the Grateful Dead. It was yeah. maybe yesterday or today or something like that. Really, right around now that they did their first uh, San Jose acid test. Yeah, and. Uh, that you could say was a uh, a melting pot of minds and ideas and experiences, and uh, definitely to that time period, you know, 1965, bringing on a, a whole new level of uh, experience for the world uh, with LSD, and of course that you know has had its own uh, ups and downs. If you go to a Grateful Dead concert. It's it's a it's a gamble as to what kind of experience you're going to have, uh, you know, or if you did, uh, could be good, could be bad. It really just depended on your oh, environment yeah. and those around you. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And and of course your reaction to the environment, which is really important. I yeah. What I like about the retreats is that you're in this place where you know that there is that it's safe. Yeah. And I just think that that's one of the biggest things to, um, you know, paranoia and um, potentially getting behind the wheel of a car, all these things that happen that you'd be out and about in the world uh, having these experiences that may not be, may not end well. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it, it, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, and, and it's something that everyone listening to this should take heart and, and listen to, um, you know, definitely psychedelics are not something to do in pub in in, in public places uh, that you're not familiar with if you're not experienced that certainly don't operate any machinery certainly don't drive a car um, right, right. you know you, you'll probably have a hard time ordering an uber <laughs> I mean <laughs> uh, you know uh, <laughs> looking at a long walk <laughs> um, uh, yeah one of the nice things about uh, psychedelics is they do uh, give you energy so you can take long walks right yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely and for me um i uh, was when i was younger i was able to smoke marijuana no problem socially uh, i i had uh did a lot of psychedelics and then i lost my ability to do uh, to, to recreationally use pretty much anything mm -hmm. um, if i don't create it as a sacrament and do it in a minute amount it overwhelms me so yeah. for me, I know my reaction. I know what my medicine is and isn't. And yeah. uh, yeah. I've learned that, you know, maybe the hard way, but I definitely learned, you know, that certain things I need to take yeah. with a lot of uh, reverence and, and really preparation. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's one of the things that the author, Dr. Maya, talks about in her book, The Master Plan Experience, is approaching these with reverence and respect. I'm, I'm doing a little micro dose regimen right now where I live for all intent and purposes, psilocybin's legal. It's not, yeah. it's decriminalized, but, um, 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 and so I take a micro dose, but I do the same thing. You know, I have a ritual I do, I have an intention I set, I, I say a prayer, I give thanks to the medicine and the plants and the earth and the sky and the water and the stars. Um, and everything, um, and I'm, you know, I'm taking a dose that is imperceptible to me in terms of any kind of psychoactivity, but 
I still have that same approach even when I'm taking a larger dose that is psychoactive. I, 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 the, 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 the approach doesn't really change that much. Um, uh, because it's, it's, you'll have a better experience, right? It's, right. it's, it's sort of like, I know it's hard for us in the way we're brought up in the, in, in America and the Western world, the modern world, it's hard for us to believe that plants have consciousness and they have beings and they, they right. are, they are themselves uh, alive and, uh, and, and have, and can talk, have messages, have things to say, um, um, have power, contain power. I mean, I talk about, I just wrote an article in Forbes about psychedelics and master plants. And, um, you know, I talk about coffee. Coffee is a master plant. It's not psychedelic, right? It is psychoactive. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you hang around the hotel coffee bar when the coffee, you know, runs out, you, <laughs> you'll find a bunch of unhappy people that right. are, are clearly affected by it. So that means yeah. that mm -hmm. that plant has power, right? So, yeah. um, um, and when you approach things with power, you should do it with respect or else, you know, you might get run over by the car. Um, right. no, uh, you true. know, look yeah. both ways before you cross, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and I came into doing uh, various different kinds of psychedelics by uh, by way of Carlos Castaneda. Oh, and, yeah. Um, um, oh, yeah. Uh, Food of the Gods, Terrence McKenna. Oh, yes. With an idea that that's what my goal was when I started to try to make it a sacrament. But I was still very recreational and it just it backfired on me. Uh, that's a nice story, but uh, it backfired on me in, in great ways that I was put in my place, and now I'm, I'm very uh, respectful, right, of it as I should be, right, um, right, right. It, it, there's only, a lot it to, only takes once. <laughs> it only takes once. It took me many times, but <laughs> uh, well, I didn't get it into my head, you know. Uh, well, sometimes we we all have repetition, you know, like yeah. like we were saying. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ended up in the same spot many times, and I thought, here I am again. <laughs> I love that part of the Castaneda book where he's on the porch, and you have to find your spot, you know, and, mm, yeah. and it takes yeah, him yeah. like three days, and then he just collapses from exhaustion, and the, the teacher comes That's out it. and says, that's your spot! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, now you're ready. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, something uh, that I'm following, uh, I don't... I'm not following it terribly closely because I don't find that there's a lot of information on it. Maybe you've heard about it. I, I'm hearing more about it from Graham Hancock, who's kind of all over the place, on uh, DMT studies that they're doing to investigate the world of DMT, that place that it takes you to. I believe it's being done in the UK where they're long dosing people on DMT through a, a drip. Um, wow. I'd say you'd have to be a – yeah. <laughs> So you have to be a very uh, strong constitution um, psychonaut to be able to take on, you know, more than an hour. And I think that they do it for several hours. Wow. And it, the idea is to kind of investigate if people are having similar experiences and meeting similar things. Is there a way to open up communication with this other side or this other realm? The elves. The elves. Exactly. <laughs> the elves. Exactly. We've the elves. all seen them. <laughs> yeah. so, what are so those little? <laughs> what are those little MFs? <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's like uh, I'd say that's like the furthest afield that you, that I've ever heard 
of anybody going into testing as far as beyond beyond the military tests of the of the 50s right uh, yes well it's fascinating high doses of lsd fascinating yeah. i mean i'm not familiar with that particular study um but i've certainly been i've done dmt and i can tell you that just 10 or 15 minutes was quite the experience yeah. for me and um maybe an hour on a on my strongest day <laughs> right, um right. but it, it, it but you know i mean there 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 are psychonauts that are far more developed than i am and um like my older brother for instance he 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 might be able to do some be in a study like that do something right. like more like that he he's he's got sort of that um that constitution um and um you know i've met as as i've done a little bit more work in the psychedelics scene you know the last year or two i've met a lot of people who you know this is what they do on the weekends <laughs> you know right. what i mean yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. um and um and they spend time in these realms you know significant time because they have the constitution they have the I guess I don't know the brain power, or whatever it is, you know, yeah. um, uh, and um, and so they can and 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 sometimes these folks are able to report back and and articulate what it was like over in that realm. Dr. Maya did that a bit in her book. I, I found she was real good at that. Um, so you know, I know that the elves are there. I've seen the elves and I've seen them playing with the little shapes and doing the little things, <laughs> you know, the, the all the, yeah, yeah, all the little, like, and it's like, they're busy. They're definitely busy. Um, uh, they've never talked to me. I haven't had that experience. Um, um, I haven't, I, um, uh, they, they've definitely given me mischievous energy. They, they, I've seen them laugh and, 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 you know, be, they don't seem unhappy, <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, but they also seem, you know, I don't know. My theory is that, that they, they have something to do with, you know, dark matter, time, space, how it all it gets held together, mm. or maybe they're the ones that are making the whole thing expand, the universe expand. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're up to something, man. <laughs> so I mean, I'm glad someone's studying the elves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, well, that's uh, the thing. It's everybody's having that same experience. Yeah, I mean, most of the people I know, uh, or you'll, you'll, a lot of people have the double sky or triple sky, um, mm -hmm. where they'll look up into, especially at nighttime, you'll look at the moon and you'll the sky will open up and you'll see a sky behind the sky. And then that mm -hmm. sky will open up. You'll see a sky behind that sky. I've had that experience. Wow. I've, yeah. I've I've had I've, I know people. I've had conversations with multiple folks that have had that experience. So um, yeah, there are definitely commonalities, right? Um, it's um, and it, it's 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 um, it'll be fun to learn. Is it has to, it does it have to do with the common receptor? Does it have to do right. Does it, is it perception? Is it reality? <laughs> is it, uh, is, uh, is it, yeah. yeah. Is it, is, does it, is it simply a transcendence of time and space? Um, um, you know, it does feel like you're in a wormhole, uh, a bit, um, uh, time and space wormhole or hyperspace. It does have a hyperspace kind of feel, um, yeah. to, to, to it. Um, uh, but you know, these are mysteries that, uh, 
we get to unlock now, you know, that prohibition, I hope will end once and for all. And, you know, the promise of this is that it, we can unlock all of these secrets and we can start to really learn exactly what's going down, you know, you, and it's just, it's, it's, it's even before an embryonic stage, really, uh, um, uh-huh. you know, almost, <laughs> you DNA. know, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's part of who we are. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, I know that you, you talk a lot about transcendence and spirituality and, and things on, on the program. And, and, you know, before I took psychedelics, I was basically an atheist. Hmm. Um, but my very, my very first, and cannabis was I also part of this because I, I had both my first cannabis and my first psychedelic experience kind of in parallel. They were very, um, I was, I, I had been taking cannabis for a few months before I, for my first LSD trip, but you know, not like years. So, yeah. um, um, and, uh, yeah, you, you know, it, 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 it brought me in touch with two things that I know. One is this is not all random accident. Hmm. Um, and the second thing I know is that's all I know. <laughs> um, uh, uh, um, and I'm in awe and I'm happy to be here <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for as long as I can be. I think there's a philosopher that said, uh, the only thing I'm sure of is that I am. And, and uh, of course, what level are you? But <laughs> right. Yeah, Ooh. but absolutely. Right. Um, you know that you are, that you exist. I exist. Right. <laughs> Let's start there, you know. Uh, right. and a lot of it is investigation into the self and i find that um sometimes we get really caught up in emotional uh dilemmas within ourselves um yeah. past issues and things like that that kind of get us uh stuck and locked in and uh the a lot of these things can create a breakout a way to get out of ourselves in a sense to break the shell to free ourselves of, of uh, you know, binds that may be holding us down or holding us to something in our past. And uh, to me, it helps in liberation and uh, in freedom to allow us to be more, uh, to experience more of who we are, maybe from a different aspect or side, viewing from outside of ourselves, all that kind of thing. As long as uh, there's tools that come out of it, I feel like it's a benefit. Well, you know, it's it, absolutely. And, and like, I'm a big meditator. I like, I meditate a lot and I haven't done it my whole life. I've just done it in the last several years, but I've gotten really into it. Now it's a practice I do several times a day and I, you know, it brings me closer to these things. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, it, the the meditation is I've I've probably put in I don't know a thousand hours of meditation I still I'm not very skilled at it mm. there's no but meditation is about you know uh, the, the 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 going back and forth between being in your head thinking about the past or the future like you just said or being in the present moment right now and just breathing and letting the heartbeat um because the breath and the heartbeat 
that happens by itself, right? That's, that's not, we're not, it's beyond us. <laughs> it's yeah. beyond us. So, um, and, and, and therefore I am, and therefore that's all I know is I am. Um, right. and, 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 and so I find that cause I'm one of these people, I'm in my head a lot. So, you, you know, I'm, I am thinking about the past. I am regret. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've got all kinds of beautiful memories and awful regrets. Right. Um, and then the future, I've got plenty of dreams and that excite me and plenty, plenty of worries that terrify me. Um, and I, I think about it. Right. Yeah. I think about it, get my head. And then when I go onto my meditation space and take that time for myself, I go inside and, you know, I experience the present moment. I don't experience the present moment for the entire duration of the meditation. I go back and forth between being in my head and experiencing the present moment. And then practice makes, you know, you get a little bit better, you get a little bit better, you get a little bit better and you can go longer and you can go longer and, 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 and you get, and then you find these other benefits happening where, you know, you realize, wow, I'm, a little more calmer generally in my life i'm sleeping a little bit better i'm relating to my partner without being an a-hole about it um um you know i'm more sensitive to my children um right. uh and 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 i think microdosing a lot of people report similar kind of things you know um um uh and of course, you know, a, 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 a significant dose or a medium-sized dose can, like you said, accelerate um, awareness and insight. Um, mm-hmm. If you can also integrate that, this is the difference between the recreational, you know, a lot of times with the recreational use, there's no integration afterwards, right? You don't even, you don't think about the next day you have breakfast and you're, <laughs> you know, you're down to the next, you know, stop on the fish tour. Um, right. But um, uh, but it, 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 if you integrate it, right, and you think, well, gosh, I was thinking about how wound up I am during my trip or, or during my experience. I'm trying not to use the word trip. Uh, during my experience, and um, I realize I'm I'm too uptight, and I need to yeah. I need to lighten up, man. Um, right. And so then, if you integrate that and say, okay, how am I going to lighten up? Let's take some steps to lighten up. Mm-hmm. Let's like opera, operationalize light, lighting up. If you don't do that part, you, you, I won't say you wasted the trip, but you haven't. There's an opportunity cost you've taken on there. Um, because, you know, like I went to the last Dead and Company show with my older brother, and we, we, we you know, we always do our, 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 our psychedelics. And, um, and I, it was a healing experience for both of us in different ways. And, and I remember the next day I wrote about it. I immediately wrote about it. I, I logged in, in my journal what insights I was getting um, mm-hmm. from the experience and how, how might I be able to act on those, mm-hmm. all right, and continue so you don't, so you, and and by doing this, I think this is this is one of the things that psychedelics hold a lot of promise. Um, I, I think we're going to get it's going to might take a while because prohibition, everything 
But yeah. I think we'll get to the point where people just learn this. They learn you have to prepare, you do it, and then you integrate. And that's what psychedelics are. It's in the indigenous tradition is very much like this. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, they, you know, it's ceremonial, so it's it's a little, it's a lot. It, it's not in a therapeutic clinical setting like a lot of our psychedelic healings are right now are in right. in, in the West. But um, um, same basic idea though. We create a container. We come into the container with the intention. We have the experience. We leave the container and integrate what happened in the container outside of the container. So we leave. We our lives are transformed after the container. So you know that's that's the. I think that's. I mean, hopefully you'll learn that in high school. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. you know, uh, you know, one on one. Yeah. That's well, a, that's something about culture too. Is that um, we don't really know where our culture is headed. Um, you know, there's a lot of these adjustments that we can see things are changing, uh, socially, things have definitely adjusted from when you were younger. I'm sure you've noticed there's been major adjustments to people's behavior, um, for the good or bad, depending on, oh, yeah, uh, this thing right here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, we don't know where we're headed as far as what our culture is going to look like in 300 years. Uh, maybe it will have this, um, accepted experience like uh, native cultures typically have of a, will uh, we you're, even, you're going to become a man now or you're going to become uh, an adult now here's yeah. this experience so that you can meet spirit so you can do these things and become more yeah. whole i hope um, so yeah i hope so you know i hope we're not part machine part human and there's no such thing <laughs> as a purely organic human anymore i mean i hope right. that that uh, and i think the plants and the compounds are i well, you know, this is a romantic mythological kind of perspective, but they're coming for us to help us avoid that outcome. I hope, um, um, I yeah. hope that's, that's one of the promises we're, you know, there's nothing, there's no single magic bullet that's going to save humanity for, from itself. Okay. It's something we have to decide to do together. Um, yeah. um, you know, we just, <laughs> uh, uh, psychedelics can help us make that decision see and then um uh, uh and then maybe give us a chart of course you know yeah. um and uh you know i what's what 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 sets the clock at zero again what's the historical event it's not going to be is it will it be the birth of a messiah like um, what started the last clock at zero? Um, um, will it be everybody on the planet taking mushrooms together at the same time? Um, will it be um, something else? Um, uh, Disclosure. Uh, uh, yeah. Who, I don't, who knows? You know what? Disclosure. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, yeah. Uh, um, who knows what it'll be? Um, a greater A greater cosmic community, perhaps, will be the thing that wakes people up. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe that's on the horizon. Yeah, you know? maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a, oh wow, we're not, we're not alone. Um, right. um, um, who know? It, but it, it could be. It could totally be that. Um, uh, absolutely, I could imagine that. Um, uh, worldwide experience. Yeah, I mean, like, whoa, yeah. uh, intense, right? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Zero. I mean, Zero. like everything. <laughs> like everything before. It's not. 
relevant enough to keep right. counting anybody to keep right. counting <laughs> that way yeah. imagine yeah. the significance of that you know what yeah. i mean and so like i i hope i see it <laughs> yeah well and, and i think that's part of it is that maybe we just want to you know maybe we want to manifest that reality and maybe that's what we've gotten out of our experiences is that we want to manifest greater unity in the world um, I had a, an experience on mushrooms where I, I realized that as a group, that the group that we're doing it, we were really wanting our friend to join. He was not there. And I was like, you've, you're missing this. You've got to get here. You've got to be a part of this. And I think that part of what is gained out of that is that there's this group think, this group consciousness that's created. Uh, the Greeks the, had the, the a mis, similar Yeah, the mycelium mm -hmm. of your love for this person <laughs> was kind of like reaching out and like wanting to connect. Uh -huh. yes. Right, right, right. That's yes, beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. beautiful. Uh, something like, I was just dwelling on this today, that like COVID was this great uh, worldwide attention, which is just a rare thing that everybody kind of reacts somewhat similarly to something. Um, yeah. And that there was something that happened, uh, a rippled across the world, and um, and contact or finding out that um, that the ancients were right, perhaps would kind of bring us back uh, on on our calendar, you know, bring us back to zero, like you said, um, coming back to where we were before when we actually knew. Oh, like the Mayans have many calendars, eight calendars active. Wow. Eight calendars based on all these all these different factors. Right, yeah. And perhaps it's because they weren't disconnected. Right. They had contact. They were connected. Right. And we're in a world where we're just not connected. No. So what if we could gain that connection either through contact through other realms or more physical and direct? But I think that would be a way to uh, kind of bring a greater global global community. And that's a scary word for a lot of people. <laughs> well, I, and, and I think also the ecology of the planet and, and, and paying attention to that may bring us back to the my forces, just a relationship that with nature, you, you, you yeah. know, like I when I I grew up in the city, I've lived my whole life in either the city or the suburbs. I've never lived in the country. I've never lived in the jungle. I've never lived in the forest. I've never lived any place that's totally natural. The place I live now is in the hills of Oakland. It's got beautiful, you know, hiking trails and wildlife and, right. and stuff, but it's not, it's tame. It's not the wild. Okay. Right. Um, it's tame. <laughs> um, and, and I'm a pretty enlightened dude. Um, and I still, know that I'm not connected. I'm, I'm not connected to nature the way and my ancestors and ancestors and ancestors um, had to be, um, yeah. um, had to be. Um, so, it, and it, 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 and so when I find myself in ceremony or I find myself very close to people who are more connected, all right, who do, yeah. who do live in nature, indigenous communities or, you know, even like Rainbow Family or, you know, I mean, even people like that, um, communities like that, I, I, I feel like a little alienated because I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not as connected to that natural 
relationship with that the lamb you know and right. um and and then i you know i i, I want to listen and learn and be present and try to get a deeper and i get deeper mm-hmm. um but you know it's different for us in the north here and 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 the way we grew up and typically or the way i grew up um uh it, it, you know it's it's there's a long it's, there's a big re- space of removal from that from that relationship and and and, yeah. and 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 i so i can it's it's it, it I, it's it's part i think part of what you're talking about is is when we are integrated back into that relationship again, it, 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 it will actually resemble a zero. It'll be a circle. Mm-hmm. It'll be a round shape. It, right. won't, it won't be a pyramid shape like we have now, or, you know, or, or it'll be, right. a, it'll probably be a round. Sh- it'll look like boobies or, you know, it'll look like <laughs> planets or moons yeah. or, you know, right. or, you know, yeah. <laughs> the hoop, the sacred hoop. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. And, and, you know, that's the thing is we're removed. We're doing this. We're on the, uh, interwebs, you know, um, disconnected in a sense, but connected in a different way. It seems that a lot of our technology has tried to take place of natural faculties. So instead of us communicating astrally, psychically, we're communicating through these devices, you know, uh, we're creating things that we innately already have, <laughs> but we're doing it physically, which is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I, right. I, 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 it would be good if it, if, if it wasn't in spite of the intuitive, you know, right. um, um, because I, 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 you know, I think you're right. I think there's there's serendipity and intuition and, and, you know, when you think of somebody you haven't uh, talked to in 20 years, and then two days later, you get a message from them. Is that an accident? Is that coincidence? Or is that, you know, the laws of attraction working on a very, you know, atomical level almost, you know, and, um, and so these are mysteries (laughs) Um, that, uh, um, but that, that I'm sure that I want to see people, uh, spend some time with and try to, because I think intuition and even telepathy and these things are uh, even like, uh, I know it's crazy to say, but, but, but like really uh, telepathy is something that seems science fiction, right? It doesn't, it seems that, that the realm of fantasy um, yeah. but it, 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 according to Einstein, <laughs> um, all connected. yeah, man, it's like totally, <laughs> yeah. it's a nut. It's like, it could be like walking, right? It right. could, it could be maybe. Yeah, I would say it is, but that's, I'm, I'm from a different camp. So <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I respect that camp though, because I, 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 I've seen into that, you know, potentiality mm-hmm. uh, under the influence of psychedelics you know yeah. uh, um um and cannabis really i mean um what's what's within the realm of our of possibility and potentiality is is is, is so much more than any of us really 
think about that often. You, you know, we're, we're really in a very tight bubble of perception um, yeah. um, when, when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of it is, um, it's like, uh, you know, we're in this realm, we're in this world, we woke up from a dream. Uh, now, we may have had something completely different going on in the dream that was fully engrossing and we believed every minute of it. Then we woke up. Maybe we had some tendrils. Maybe we had a little thought of it. But it's slowly, the longer we are here, the less we remember that. And then vice versa. Maybe when you go to sleep, you're getting tendrils of what was going on during the day. But the longer you're there, the more you forget about this. And, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of experiences are the same way. Uh, trauma, like uh, positive or negative experiences, the further away you get from it, uh, the less um, influence it has. And maybe a veil gets put over it and you forget about it completely. Uh, you know, a lot of those things that come out of uh, LSD experiences, mushrooms, um, while I remember quite a few of them, uh, some of them, the power of it has dissipated, you know, that has left. Uh, for me to go back and ignite if I want to, if it's there, but yeah. it's kind of, I'm not, the longer I'm not there, the more I forget about it. Um, Interesting. So that separation has a factor on our faculties. But for me, I found that um, asking my subconscious or asking myself to give me these abilities to the best of my ability uh, so that I can utilize them in some way is very helpful. Just asking. It's a real simple uh, thing. Your subconscious just starts working like a little elf. <laughs> just starts going to work, trying to make sure that you're connected, you know, that you know who's going to call next, that kind of thing. Well, I'm glad you said that. That's a good reminder uh, uh, for me to, to, to have for my meditation practice. Just ask. Just ask. Yeah, it's like active prayer, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love that. Now, you also do advocacy for... Um, what is this? Uh, it's um, through uh, prisons. Is that right? Prisoner well, advocacy? Uh, one of the big problems we're having in the cannabis and psychedelic community, more cannabis because cannabis is actually legal in so many places now, is people are still locked up in prison for something that's now legal. Yeah. Uh, so I know a young man, he's in Illinois, Illinois is legal for adult use. He's le hmm. they're legal for medical. He's been in prison eight years in Illinois and he's supposed hmm. to, he's got a 23 year sentence. Um, wow. And, and that's just one of thousands of people that have stories like that across the country, whether they're in state lockup or federal lockup. And so last prisoner project tries to get him out. And um, it's a very hard thing to do because once you've exhausted all your appeals and you're convicted of a crime in this country, the only way you can reverse that is with a pardon from a governor or a president. Um, wow. And governors and presidents are very reluctant to give stoners pardons. Um, so, or any, or psychedelic right. um, carriers of the medicine, you know, um, yeah. uh, uh, the, the, psych, the penalties for for an LSD lab are, you know, 20, 30 years people do for, yeah. for, for that sort of thing. And it's tragic. And yeah. so we wanted, my brother and I co-founded the organization and we wanted to do something about it. And so Last Prison Project was born about five years ago. What one of our superpowers is because we 
have so much experience and we owned and operated so many cannabis companies, um, we know how to raise money from the industry. So we went to the industry and we basically used a combination of innovative programming and shame <laughs> yeah. to, um, to get people to participate in raising money for us. We hired a staff, a lot of lawyers, so a lot of defense attorneys. Um, and, um, and a lot of business development folks to keep the money spigots going on. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, and then some folks that, you know, take the money we collect and give it to people, prisoners and their families. Uh, and so that's really the only three things last prisoner project does get people out of prison, raise money and give the money away. Uh, so, and we've. I'm proud to say we've gotten quite a few people out of prison. It's dozens, not hundreds or thousands, which is uh, uh, a bummer. But yeah. it, those dozens, oh, some of them were very long-term prisoners, 20, 30-year prisoners. And they're home. And a couple of them actually um, have cannabis brands in the legal marketplace right wow. now. Um, and, um, uh, uh, so... So, you know, I, 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 I've been an advocate because I've been busted. I've, I, I never took a serious case. My brother did. And it's been, had an impact. On, when I was nine years old, I went and visited my older brother in prison uh, for, yeah. for, for cannabis. So it's had a big impact on my life and my family. And so, you know, at the time, I had enough success in, as an entrepreneur that I was able to use some of that success to start the Last Prisoner Project. So that's what we did. Awesome. That's amazing. Now, uh, if somebody wants to help out, uh, they can go to your website. Yeah, lastprisonerproject.org. I think it's either get involved or get active is the tab. Um, and if you're constrained on funds uh there's a letter writing program you can become a pen pal for the price of a stamp you can that's great. um uh, you can become a pen pal for a prisoner super rewarding thing to do because when you're in prison and you get a letter from a stranger who says hey i'm thinking about you hang in there we're gonna right. there's people out here working to get you out um what you did is not bad you're not a bad person you're not what you um it really lifts the spirit of that individual that's incarcerated and it, it gives them a real lifeline and so it's super important and i encourage people to do that as well that's almost more fun than giving money <laughs> yeah Right, right. There's a positive reward on both sides. <laughs> so that's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then your, your website as well is uh, andrewdangelo.com. Andrewdangelo.com. Reach out. And um, I also, you know, if you're a journalist or a media person, uh, that's where you can find my publicist also. Awesome. And we'll have all that in the uh, description as well. And uh, really wanted to thank you for coming on today and, and talking about all this. Thanks so much for having me on, Nick. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. And until next time, take care. Be well. All right. Bye-bye.